You are listening to Let's Talk Trio on podcast. Keep up with the latest episodes by downloading the Podbean app or stream episodes via our social media accounts. Search for Let's Talk Trio on Facebook or Instagram. This episode is sponsored by Student Access. Student Access, the leader in Trio software. Student Access is an online database solution that allows TRIO programs to track their students' information, connect with students by text messages, streamline the APR, and work from anywhere, all online, with automatic updates for changes from the Department of Education. Their technical support team includes former TRIO staff and has over 50 years of combined experience working with TRIO. Make it easier to focus on your priority, the students. For more information and to request a free demo, visit their website at www.studentaccess.com or call them toll-free at 1-800-801-1232. That website again is www.studentaccess.com or 1-800-801-1232. Be sure to share your favorite episodes on your social media by tapping that share button. This is a great way to support the podcast. Now here's your host, Juan Rivas. Thank you, Emilia, for that wonderful introduction. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Trio. In this episode, we have Jennifer Ryan, a math instructor at Clovis Schools and Upper Bound Summer Instructor at Eastern New Mexico University. She is also a Trio alum of the Upper Bound Program at Eastern New Mexico University. Jennifer's on the program to talk about her experiences in the Upper Bound Program, her experiences as a teacher, and what inspired her path to education. So coming up in just a bit, Jennifer Ryan. It was a good conversation to have with Jen to kind of catch up. Uh, so Jen and I go be- uh, go sometime back. Uh, she is an alum of the very program that served me when I was in the Trio Upper Bound program. And so we just decided to catch up and talk a little bit. And this interview was uh, fascinating just to hear her point of view and uh, talk about the various things that she's experienced. So uh, you'll get to hear in just a moment how those experiences played out for her and uh, what she's been able to accomplish in that time. Remember, listeners, if you'd ever like to be featured on Let's Talk Trio, please send us a message via Facebook or Instagram. I'd like to thank Student Access for supporting this podcast and for sponsoring this episode. Thank you to all of our essential workers and everyone contributing to making sure that this pandemic is stemmed and that we are uh, heading toward a new normal. Without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Five, four, three, two, one. My guest on the podcast is an alum of the Eastern New Mexico University Trio Upward Bound Program. Worked as a summer instructor for the ENMU Trio Upward Bound Program as well. She received her bachelor's degree in mathematics from Eastern New Mexico University, obtained her master's degree in secondary education with an emphasis in special education from Eastern New Mexico University, previously worked as an advisor for Clovis Community College, is currently serving as a math teacher for Clovis schools and continues to be involved with Trio Upper Bound Program as a summer instructor. I want to welcome Jennifer Ryan to the Let's Talk Trio podcast. Jen, welcome. Hi. It is so good to see you. How are you doing? How's everything been going? It's been good. Um, been a little, you know, it's been definitely... Um, what sort I'm looking for? Entertaining. Entertaining. With um, all the changes that have come down in the last three months, but it's we've been making it work. That's good to hear, and it's great to hear from you. How's life uh, going in New Mexico for you? It's well, mostly quiet. 
course, mostly quiet. I don't really leave the house, but you know, yeah, juggling work and a toddler, and it's it's fun. Yeah, so juggling a toddler, and you, we were kind of uh, talking pre-show that you might have, we might have a cameo uh, by your little one uh, in a little while. Can you can you tell us a little bit about your little guest? Um, she's actually what's called a micro preemie. She was born at twenty four weeks and spent sixteen yeah. weeks in um, the NICU in Aurora. Um, she is now nineteen. Uh, hold on, almost. Yeah, a little over 19 months old. Wow. And just smart as the whip. Yeah, very sharp. <laughs> That's awesome. So, again, glad to hear from you. You have definitely have one of the toughest jobs in being a teacher. How has COVID-19, the pandemic, played out in Clovis? And has, has that made your job harder? Um, it's definitely switched how we have to think. Um, mm. You know, the question was asked... Uh, by the district and the state, do you feel like you're working less, working more, or working about the same, you know, work when you're teaching online? And it's definitely that I'm working, I feel like I'm working more. More, yeah. Not necessarily, you know, harder, but I'm just, I feel like I'm having to be available for longer hours than I just eight to four, you know, eight to four. I hear you. So, it's definitely um, added a change like that. So, you know, we're having to improvise on how we are doing instruction and all of that. Um, the state actually told us, you know, we pick some power standards and focus on those for the end of the year so that mm-hmm. we, we weren't necessarily teaching new content the last six weeks of school, but we uh-huh. were still expected to have the students, you know, hold them accountable. Yeah. So. Wow. But the, and on the flip side of that, the kids were, you know, they couldn't make anything less than they made the third nine weeks. Yeah. Oh, so wow. Even if they didn't engage the entire last term, they stood and they made a C the third nine weeks, they still passed with a C. I gotcha. So I think, a lot of what high schools and, and elementaries and even colleges were looking for ways to try to support students or try to help them uh, in the midst of this pand- pandemic. But wow, it sounds like you've made a lot of adjustments just to keep up around all this. Yeah. Now this upcoming school year, it's going to mm-hmm. be a whole nother story. If you don't engage, that's yeah. your butt. Wow. Okay. So I know that a lot of people have been, you know, sheltered in place and they've either had to, uh, either deal with the boredom on their own or they've picked up new skills or hobbies. Have you picked up anything since the quarantine? Um, I am binge watching Netflix. <laughs> you are skilled at Netflix. <laughs> I don't get to watch TV. So I don't get to watch TV very much, but I've been binge watching Netflix. <laughs> any, any shows in particular? Criminal Minds right now. Oh, Criminal. So for, for some reason, even in podcasts, people get, tend to gravitate toward the true crime stories or Criminal Minds or something, anything similar to that. I think yeah. it's uh, very fascinating. So that's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Um, Those always fascinated me. So All right. And I know that you and your partner, uh, you, you have a partner, right? Yes, I have a wife. A wife. All right. Uh, how long have you all been together? Uh, we've been married for just about four and a half years. That's amazing. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and how is your family handling this entire transition to online instruction? Um, let's see here. 
the eight-year-old, um, he's autistic. And mm. so we've had a couple of disagreements surrounding you need to do your schoolwork and that sort mm. of thing. Mm. Um, but for the most part, he did okay. The teenagers, they did their, they did it themselves. They knew, they know what they're expected to do. So they do fine. And my daughter actually just graduated high school. So. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> so many, many accomplishments on a lot of ends. And so you're, you're doing really, really well. <laughs> Thanks. That's awesome, Jen. Um, tell us about your origin story. You were an alum of the Trio Upper Bound program at Eastern New Mexico University. Can you tell us a little bit about your beginnings? Uh, were you a studious person? And what, how did you know that you wanted to go to college? Um, so at one point in my life, I thought I was going to go to the Air Force Academy. Mm -hmm. And my mother promptly shot that down and told me, nope, you're not joining the military. And I went, <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. but so it became, okay, well, I know I need to go to college. I know that I'm going to want to do some, I know that I want to do something. And I've always had a passion for math. Um, but I didn't know how I was going to get to college. Mm. Um, I didn't know, you know, what resources there were. I didn't know how I was going to pay for it or anything like that. Yeah. So I heard about Upward Bound my freshman year of high school. Um, I joined and, um, we, you know, started working toward figuring out career plans and all of that. And then um, my senior summer, so right after my junior year, mm -hmm. I went to Upward Bound Math and Science in Denton, Texas. Oh, that's awesome! At, at the University of North at the University of North Texas, and that was I loved that summer. It was so much yeah. fun. We went to NASA. We went to um, we, we did all kinds of things. Yeah. And so, um, that's where, you know, and, and that's when I really knew that I was going to be doing something in the math field. Okay. I thought I was going to go for aerospace engineering, but ended up changing it to, um, education because I love to share what I know mm. and what I've learned with others. So I, uh, started my college career at WT, West Texas A&M, um, had a few personal hiccups mm -hmm. and ended up moving back to New Mexico and, getting into Eastern. Um, I graduated with my bachelor's in 2007. Um, during the 2008-2009 school year, I taught at middle school, mm -hmm. never touching middle school again. <laughs> were, were middle schools, uh, was it a different type of setting there? What, what happened? It was too many hormones, not enough focus. I see. I... Directions were just all over the place or everything was mm -hmm. just kind of, okay. Yeah. yeah. That makes and sense. For, for me as a rookie teacher, middle school was not a good fit. Oof. Okay. So I actually almost left education at that point. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. I did substitute teaching for a year. I worked as an educational assistant for a year, both of which I was pursuing my, ma I went ahead and was pursuing my master's in secondary yeah. ed. Mm -hmm. Cause I had already started it. I was close, you know, I was, 
why not? You know, I've yeah. already gotten this far in it. Um, I graduated with my master's in June, in July of 11. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and in June of 11, the beginning of June of 11, I actually started working at Clovis Community College as an academic advisor for students that were not quite ready to start full-blown college classes. So those students that needed remedial classes. Okay. Um, so I did that for about three years and then I transitioned over to um, special services and advising. Mm -hmm. Did that for a couple, for a couple of years. Um, I left there May of 16, took a couple of years off and um, in Sometime during 2018, I decided I wanted to get back into teaching. So yeah. I applied for and got the job at Clovis High School. And I just signed or I just did my uh, letter of intent for my third consecutive year. Mm -hmm. And I also completed my dossier. So I went from a level one teacher to a level two teacher. Right on. Congratulations, Jen. That's awesome. So, my license is secure. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So with middle school and, and now you're teaching in high school, was there a huge difference between two? Between yes. the two? Okay. Yes. Um, middle school, you have to have a very specific personality to teach middle school kids. And mm. I don't have that. Okay. Like, sometimes sarcasm is lost on those kids. And I think they think a lot of things literal, right? They do. They take a lot of things literally. Um, I, one of my favorite thing, one of my, one of the things that I figured out with middle schoolers is that girls can't see past the ends of their perfectly powdered noses and boys can't see past the girls. Ah, I see. So they really don't want to focus on academics because they're about halfway through their schooling. They don't see the end in sight and they're are, and they're bored with it. So I think mm. middle school really is the hardest age for kiddos. Yeah. And so you as a secondary education person uh, being in the high school, um, you like that format sounds like a little bit more, a, a lot better than middle oh, school. What do you enjoy uh, about teaching in, in high school? Um, their sense of humor is definitely more advanced. They, that it is. And if you th they understand sarcasm, <laughs> they understand giving them a hard time and you're teasing and stuff like that. But the content is more, um, the content is a little more in depth and they see the end in sight. So they're more dedicated to their studies. Yes. They're going to oh, goof off. They're, they're going to be pains in the tuchus, but they see the end in sight. They know that, okay, if I can just push through a little bit longer, then I can get that degree. And right you know, they can start seeing where education is going to benefit them five, 10 years down the road. Awesome. So uh, going back to your quote unquote origin story, and I think you were, we were laughing about that because you were, I think you, you had pointed out or, or I made the reference that this is, uh, I, I'm a huge fan of comic books. So I really enjoy listening to uh, either trio alum, trio student or trio staff when they talk about their, how they got into trio. Uh, so for you, it was really a, a passion of learning. It sounds like. Yeah. I love to learn. Um, I, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm always looking to find something else to learn about. Um, and I love sharing. 
So even in my undergrad at Eastern, I got into upward, I got into teaching upward bound kiddos. All right, right on. And ultimately, you you said that uh, you started off at WT, and for for our audience, that's West Texas A and M University. That's correct. Yes. And you had a a, a hiccup, um, and I won't ask you about the hiccup. But you ultimately <laughs> decided to to go to Eastern New Mexico University. Um, one, why did you choose E and M U, and were there any other colleges on your radar? Um, when I first started college, there were a few colleges on my radar, but restarting college um eastern was kind of the only option just because i needed the i needed the support for my kiddos yeah my kids Mm -hmm. so uh, i needed that support as a single mom with my kids so being a single mom with kids and going into school that must have been really 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 difficult Mm -hmm. yeah it was, but I knew what I wanted and I knew that I would get there at some, I knew that I would get there one way or the other. Okay. So you would have that classification that a lot of universities and colleges use as a non-traditional student, right? Oh, very much. I've been both. I've been traditional and non-trad. Got it. So again, you ultimately came to Eastern New Mexico University. You found, you felt like the, their, the support was there and yeah. there was really no other options. Can you tell us about your experience at Eastern? Um, I really enjoyed it at Eastern. It was the, you know, the classes are small, maybe 30 students a piece, except, you know, in those massive lecture classes that you expect are going to have, you know, multiple people. Um, but I, I don't think I ever had a class bigger than 30 students and it was nice. It was small. You could always go to talk to your professors. Um, they're, they were very responsive and, I had a thought and I lost the thought. <laughs> Train of thought has, has left the station. It, um, it does. It does that often. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, you are a teacher and you're thinking of multiple things, I bet, even during a conversation. CSP. That was it. Um, ah, got so it. Even, even at the college level, I was involved in TRIO. I got into CSP at, or sorry, College Success Program, which is the college yeah. level of TRIO. Mm-hmm. Um, I got into CSP as, an, as a non-trad. And, um, I didn't take too much advantage of it, but I knew that it was there as a, um, as a catch if I needed it. Yeah. So that was, that was really nice to have. Right on. And in that experience through Eastern, did you get to get a little bit of the college's experience or did, was your experience uh, definitely widely different from a traditional college student? I didn't do the parties. I didn't do, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, lived in, <laughs> I lived in the dorms and did the football games when I first started college uh-huh. too many years ago to count. Um, <laughs> but um, the second time around, I was a mom first and a student second. I think that's what the approach for a lot of non-traditional students, that's what they take, right? Is I'm a parent first. I've got to make sure that, you know, my little ones are taken care of and uh, school comes second. Whatever I can do for school, it'll get done, but on my time. I I lost track of how many times I was on the floor doing physics or calculus or statistics and had a toddler crawling all over me. (laughs) Yeah. So that, that was probably one of your main challenges is being a single mom 
in a college mm-hmm. setting. Yeah. Can you tell and, us about, oh yeah, go ahead, go for it. Oh, well, I was going to say my kids kind of, my, my kids kind of sort of had to grow up a little quicker than normal mm. in that case. In, in that experience, I think I share that with you, um, you know, being, uh, I was married, um, having to uh, raise a son in a college environment and then having to worry about your college studies, it definitely put a lot of, you know, a lot of effort to try to raise a family and try to yeah. focus on your studies as well. That was, yeah, that, that's definitely challenging. Yep. <laughs> and then you said you landed on mathematics and eventually you went to, um, to secondary education with an emphasis in special ed. Can you tell us what inspired those, uh, what was behind the decision to go to, to mathematics? I know you said you were really good at it, but tell us a little bit about that mathematics part and then your jump over to special ed education. Um, I have always loved math. I love the analytical part of it. I love that you are either right or you're wrong. There's not a whole lot of gray area. Um, so, and I like that there, you know, that there, for some things there can be multiple ways to get to the answer. Mm-hmm. Just because I do it this way and I show you this way doesn't mean that it's the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. But does it, you know, is it going to work? Is mm-hmm. your way going to work in every situation? Yeah. And sometimes that's the most, that's the biggest learning experience that kids can have is, well, I did it this way. Okay. But does it work in this situation? Yeah. Come here, baby girl. Is the, do we have a cameo? Come here. Want to say hi? Hi. Hi. Oh my goodness. You have gotten hi. so big. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? Can you wave? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you want the fan back? Okay, here's the fan. So we have Jen's daughter joining us in the podcast, <laughs> and she is showing us some some fans. I like them; they're really cool. <laughs> okay, where was I? Oh uh, yeah, math. yeah, math. There um, you go. So yeah, I love that. That's you know that you are right, wrong, and finding the. Do it, being able to do error analysis and figure out, well, did does my way work for all processes? Yeah. Um, and then my, you know, secondary education. I I I like little ones, but I don't think I could deal with a, an entire class full of little ones. I hear you. No, I hear you. I I, I, I never could I, I never could imagine doing elementary education. And I know that focusing on um, one no sweetheart. Um, focusing on one topic mm-hmm. is um, you, you can't really focus on one topic at the elementary level. No, ma'am. Stop it. Um, see, told you you're juggling a toddler. Um, so I knew that secondary was going to be where I wanted to be because so, I could just focus on math. Okay. Um, but when I was an educational assistant, I was working. I was working as an EA at the at the elementary level, in a special right ed on. classroom. Yeah. And I actually subbed a lot in that classroom with this mm-hmm. group of kids too. So I fell in love with the kiddos. I fell in love with, you know, what it takes to work with those kiddos and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So while I was working with them, I started taking more and more special ed classes, okay. and it just kind of. Okay. Bye. Bye. 
You gonna say bye? No, you cannot have my soda. Go. Go play. No, that's <laughs> not. Go play. She does not want to go play. No. Um, so my, you know, with me taking the special ed classes that I was taking, um, Eastern allowed for kind of a, you, you to kind of pick your electives on your secondary masters. Mm -hmm. And so with most of mine being, no, <sighs> with most of mine being in special education, welcome back. <laughs> with most of my with most of my electives being in special education it just kind of led to okay well that was the emphasis on my masters oh, and okay i don't really use it right now um because i am a regular ed teacher mm -hmm. but i'm i could very easily go and get my special ed license that's awesome so you've had a wide range of experiences, Jen, and your work with students is something to be admired, especially uh, those students that are taking math. Um, can you tell me or can you share with the audience who or what inspired you to become a teacher? <laughs> um, I had a lot of really amazing teachers growing up and... They all had a that you know they all had their impact on me. They all inspired me in one way or another. Hey, and that's Jen's daughter that we're seeing hearing in the background. She's just providing commentary. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> um, she uh, so I had a lot of really amazing teachers growing up. Um, can I have my questions, please? Uh, you know what? You can read them. Um, and so between that and knowing how much I enjoyed tutoring and helping others to reach those aha moments, yeah, it, it kind of went, it, it just kind of all fell into place and said, Hey, yeah. teaching is what we need to do. So, yeah. So you really fell into teaching and you really started enjoying that aspect of it. That sounds really cool. No, no, no. So, Jen, reflecting on your career, what would be some advice that you would give to your younger self? Um, don't let anything deter you from your don't let anything deter you from your goals. I like that. Okay, stop it. It sounds very forward thinking and very, um, yeah, just determined. So, Trio has made an impact uh, on you and a lot of lives. It's let me start over. Trio has made an impact on a lot of lives. It seems that you are always looking for ways to give back to Trio. And what ways have you advocated for the programs nationally or locally? Um, I don't really get the chance to advocate uh, nationally. No. Sorry, editing. <laughs> no, right. This is a uh, production. We'll, we'll know what to do. <laughs> um, uh oh, um, but, you know, I have, I will advocate for my, I will advocate for my students to join TRIO. I, when I was an advisor at CCC, any students that were like, I don't know what to do. Okay, well, let's get you down to TRIO. Let's get you down to the college success program. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'll 
at, I'll, I'll encourage students to join the program, to join whatever program is going to work best for them. And, you know, if they've got questions or something, I'm more than happy to help them get to an answer. Awesome. What has been the most rewarding aspect of your job? The aha moments. The aha moments? That's the part that you, that you really like for? Yeah, I love it when students will be sitting there, I don't get this, and then they'll work on it, and then we'll, we'll talk about it, and they go, oh, I got it, Yeah, and go on, and they just run with it. Yeah. Can you give us a specific moment where that happened, um, with a, where, where you were working with a student? Um, God, it was during my undergrad. Um, I was teaching a summer, I was teaching the summer program mm -hmm. and I had a kiddo that could not understand foil. Um, couldn't understand how to do distribution of polynomials. I think I still have PTSD over foil. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was, like I said, I was an undergrad and it was before I had heard, you know, the only way I knew how to distribute polynomials was with foil. Mm-hmm. And I hate, you know, I, I've always hated foil. I don't like foil. <laughs> and so I don't know if it was a thing back then, but I showed, I, I figured out a way to do it in a box, how to draw it out in a box yeah, and put the factors and then multiply and add and all of that stuff in a box. And I was working one-on-one -on -one with this student mm -hmm. and I showed him that and it was like, oh, I get it. And wow, really? Yeah, he got it. Like, yeah. I didn't even mention foil. We didn't no. even talk about foil. Yeah. But we talked about that, but we talked about dist distributing. And yeah. he, he got it. And it was at that point that I knew, it was at that point that it kind of reinforced to me that foil's stupid. <laughs> I will be honest, foil is stupid. Because the names of the terms change. First, it goes, it goes sure. from first to outer and first to inner and outer to last. And, and, and What? Yeah. So, but if you do it in the box, it mm. is so much easier because you can see exactly what goes where and it just makes it so much easier. It puts structure to, to your method. It does. And yeah. it's not, you know, the name of the term isn't changing. Yeah. It, still this term and but he got it and he took off and he just ran through the whole assignment and boom 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 knocked it out and I was wow. like that's awesome I don't even I I'll show my students foil once but and I'll do the box method and I'll tell them I said if you like foil do foil if you like the box method do the box method nine times out of ten box method box method wow mm-hmm so it sounds like you really enjoy solving with students. What, what's the best way to, for them to learn and the best way for them to understand yeah. particular math subjects. So that's, a, that's really amazing and good on you, Jen. Kudos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what keeps you coming back to your job that you do? What, what keeps you, you know, what, what, what motivates you to wake up and go to Clovis High School or Clovis Schools and do your job on a daily? The kids. Yeah. The kids. I love the interactions with the kids. I love watching the kids interact with each other. I love the aha moments. I love, like, it's 
so neat to watch the kids and it's so much it's so funny to watch them when they catch me in a mistake because mm. yeah i'm human i make mistakes i admit it right and to watch them catch me in a mistake it just it just shows me that they've got it and sometimes i'll make mistakes on purpose yeah you got to see, see if, yeah to see if they're paying attention yeah that's awesome exactly. and it really does revolve around the kids and why I love going to work every single day. I, the last six weeks of school this year, I missed my kids. I saw two. Yeah. And out of 110, I saw yeah. two kids wow. and I, I miss my kiddos. Yeah. So you've worked for Clovis schools and the high school setting, and then you've worked for upward bound in that, in that math setting. Can you tell the audience or share with the audience your experience between working with both and the differences between both? Um, upward, bound, upward bound, the classes are definitely smaller. Um, and with Upward Bound, it's more reinforcing what they know, giving them a leg up on what they're going to need for the next year and stuff like that. <coughs> um, and obviously at the high school level, it's new content, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And so you have to dig a little, you have to dig deeper in the high school than mm -hmm. you do at the, at the upward bound, you know, with upward bound. What? What? Oh, you can play with my necklace. Okay. And so, um, it's, I, I think you're choking me. Um, <laughs> Here, hold on. Let me take it off. Production hey. will note that this can be edited out. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's part and parcel of life. So what happens when you have little when you have absolutely little absolutely. I've had to uh, tell my kiddos to go to their rooms and just lock themselves in so I can have some quiet. Nothing, uh, you know, nothing goes as planned ever. I don't know how many no. faculty meetings she interrupted, um, <laughs> but. Yeah, that's where the biggest difference is. With Upward Bound, you've definitely got a lot more freedom to teach what you want to teach mm -hmm. or what the kids need. And at the schools, it's structured and you're, you know, you follow a schedule. Sure. sure. And Jen, we're about to wrap up the podcast, uh, but I have a few more questions for you. Um, one is, can you share a, mem a memorable time that you had with the Tree Upward Bound program when you were a student? Or even when you, if you were um, as an instructor? When I was a student. Um, honestly, most of my, most of my um, most memorable moments surround Upward Bound Math and Science yeah. when I was in Danton. Um, <laughs> we, like that entire summer just, is just kind of etched in my mind. What was um, special about it? There were, there were kiddos from five states, mm -hmm. um, Louisiana, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas, and New Mexico. And we, it was a smaller group. It was like 50 of us instead of the 60 or 70 or like the 60 that we had at the, at my, right. uh, my home upward bound. And <clears throat> we, it, it focused on our major. So if we were going to go into um, math 
for our, you know, career path, then we had extra math classes if we were going to go into science or computer programming or something like that. Yeah. We're okay. Come here. We, you know, we focused on, uh, you know, that's what we would focus on. Yes, yeah. we still had English and we still had, you know, we still had to take a science and we still had to do this and that and the other. But we got to focus and we did a, we did an academic decathlon yeah. and we went to NASA. We went to, we, we went on a cruise around the Gulf of Mexico outside oh, wow. of Port yeah. Christie. Sounds like fun. Um, oh, it was absolutely amazing. Um, we went to Six Flags. We did, um, some of us went to uh, Boeing. Mm. Oh, wow. Some of us went to uh, the Frito-Lay factory. I was like, cool, free chips. Nah, <laughs> they didn't have free chips. It was 25 cents <laughs> a bag at the vending machine. Yeah. Um, hey, I'm talking. I'm talking. You're okay. Um, but, you know, I got to make friends from all over the Southwest. Yeah. And I don't stay in touch with them very much anymore, but... It was absolutely, I mean, it was so much fun. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, yeah, go ahead. And then, you know, as an instructor, I I have to, I I think the most, I think the most fun I had or the most memorable experience was going to OKC with you. Oh, yeah, the Oklahoma City (laughs) trip. That one was fun. Absolutely. (laughs) That was so much fun. especially trying to find a restaurant that would fit all of us when the reservation that, fell through. <laughs> that one was challenging. <laughs> that was, I think, was that uh, my final year? Yes, uh, that was oh your last gosh, year. Yeah, that was my last <laughs> so year there. We're like, my contract's done. You're in charge. <laughs> I put poor Daniela on the spot. You did. <laughs> Shout out to Daniela Garcia. Yes. <laughs> but uh yeah that was uh okc was such a fun trip and i uh, was very happy and very fortunate to have you along um a couple more questions so one is uh what would be some advice that you would give to current upper bound students um don't let anything stop you from reaching your goals and ask for help you know we we may, it may seem like we know what we, what we're doing and all of that, but we've been there. We've had the inexperience. We've been in your situation. We know what you're going through. Ask for help. You know, which I promise you that if you have a trusted adult in your life, then no, no question is stupid. Asking for advice isn't stupid. It's not going to do you any harm. Um, we may razz you a little about it. We may give you a little bit of a hard time about it, but ultimately we care. We're there. We will give you that help that you need. Um, always ask for help and relationships can wait guys. Trust me on that. A relationship can wait until you (laughs) get where you need to be. What would be some things that you would like to say to past and current trio professionals? Guys, you're doing an amazing job. You have one of the hardest jobs out there working with teenagers that may, some of them may not want to be there, um, but you're doing amazing. Keep up the good work. Um, The kiddos 
don't know it yet, but they have got some amazing resources in their corner for them. Absolutely. That's a, that's a good word and a good piece of advice there, Jen. <laughs> Jen, it was such an honor to have you on the podcast. I really want to have you on again in the future, the, you know, kind of follow up and see how your school year is going without COVID-19 going on. <laughs> um, catch me in about three years when all this is done. <laughs> gotcha. Three years. Sounds good. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you for all your hard work and dedication as a teacher. I know this, your students value you. We know that the TRIO community values you. And uh, we thank you for all the hard work that you're doing and for representing TRIO. Thank you. Any any other words you'd like to say before we sign off? Um, I missed our conversations. Yeah. I really like, do. We-, <laughs> like, we need to catch up more often. Absolutely. And we will. And okay. we won't wait for a podcast for it to happen. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I'll hold you to it. <laughs> Well, Jen, it was awesome having you on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Have a great day, guys. Thank you. Bye. Are you a participant, alum, or staff of a TRIO program? Do you want your program highlighted? You or your program could be featured in an upcoming episode of Let's Talk TRIO. Get a hold of us by going to our Facebook page or Instagram and send us a direct message. Search for Let's Talk Trio. We want to get your story to the public. What a great episode with Jennifer Ryan, who currently serves as a math instructor for Clovis High School in Clovis, New Mexico. Our conversation was really lively. Uh, I know we were having her daughter uh, come in and out of the podcast, which you'll probably hear some editing here and there, but uh, it was a real joy to catch up with Jennifer and see what she was up to. Again, if you'd ever like to be featured on Let's Talk Trio, please send us a message via Facebook or Instagram or reach us by email at letstalktrio at gmail.com. We are also looking for patrons and sponsors for the podcast. We are very fortunate to be sponsored by Student Access and Angelica Vialpando, over at the Council for Opportunity and Education. Thank you both for your sponsorship. You too can be a sponsor. Head over to Patreon and donate any dollar amount. You can donate one time or become a monthly patron. A quick thank you to the podcast team, John Russell, our audio engineer and in-house musician and music composer. Amelia Castañeda, our marketing manager and producer. Juan Rivas, executive producer and host. Honorary members of Let's Talk Trio include Scott Kendall, Roderick Chambers, and Tony Ho. Thank you everyone for all the support and we'll catch you on the next episode.